to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. It's good to see each of you. I want to say a quick hello or special hello to our church family online. Um, we have a beautiful church that joins us every week online. They're very faithful to do that, so we're grateful for you. Thank you for being a part of church today. Hey, I want to simply remind you next week, uh, what you're doing right now will be at 1030, okay? So next week, if you walk in at this time, okay, or at 11 o'clock, if you walk in at 11 next week, you're going to miss all of worship and get only me, and you're going to feel ripped off, okay? So so make sure you come in on time, all right? Uh, 1030 is the service next week, okay? Don't be late on that, all right? Uh, 9 and 1030, going back to our standard times, so make that note for you as a person or your home and everybody to schedule, and you get ready to get after it at 9 and 10.30, but I did want to mention that one more time if you were not here last week. So go to your Bible. Hope you got a Bible, not a phone, but if you got no Bible and you do have a phone, go to your phone app, all right? Go to Psalm 19. We know Psalm 119 real well. Psalm 119, don't ever raise your hand and say, I'll memorize one of the Psalms and pick Psalm 119. You do that, you're in trouble. Woo, that's a lot of verses, my friend, a ton. All right, Psalm, not 119, but 19. Go to Psalm 19. If you were not with us last week, I kind of set up uh, Psalm 19. I talked about God's, when you talk about God's glory, we see that a lot in the world. People want to give God glory. We see sometimes on athletic fields where guys are point up or beat their chest and point up. And we pray and hope that they're giving God glory or meaning to give God glory. Sometimes we want to interpret that, interpret their heart. And we shouldn't do that. Uh, no one knows man's heart but God. And so, but, but people want to give God glory, okay, because God's been good. And so God's glory is, is cut up in two different chunks. Uh, we talked about it last week, the intrinsic glory of God and then the ascribed glory of God, okay? So let I me mean, back up a little bit if you're not here. So the intrinsic value of God or the intrinsic glory of God is the sum total of his divine nature. All that he is, it's, it's, it's the sum total of all God is, God is faithful, God is trusting, he's trustworthy, he's sovereign, he's kind, he's righteous, he's holy, he's good, he's my defender, he's my best friend, he's the king, he's my savior, he's my Lord, he's my redeemer, he's my, you see what I mean? I mean, you just keep going and going about who God is, okay? Who he is is his character. The only way to know his character is first to know him and then know it through the word, okay? You gotta know who he is. Well, I said this in earlier service. Until you know who he is, you will not know who you are. I'm just, I promise you. You've got to know who he is because when you find out who he is, when you discover who he is, when you get on board of who God is, really who God is, you will know who you are. I promise but if your view of God 
stays messed up or interpreted by other people that tell you who God is, then guess what? They're probably telling you who you are and you're probably dancing their music. That's just the truth. Never let man define God for you, okay? Always define God through his word. And then hold on to that and let that be your anchor, okay? So you have the intrinsic glory of God. That's who he is, okay? Then you have the ascribed glory of him, who God is. The ascribed glory is the glory due his name. When you find out and discover and understand who he is, you can't help but give him worship. You just can't. Because he's everything and more than that. He is awesome, all right? And you can't wait to say go. You don't need packs to say, let's go. You're ready to go. Why? Because I, I have walked into the house of the Lord. I have lived my life knowing who God is this week. God has met me where I'm at. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. He's good. He's trusting. And, and, and you just start worshiping. You just give it up for him. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. And he can be trustworthy. So Psalm 19, I mean, uh, yeah, Psalm 19, basically 14 verses. All right, verse six, all right, verse six is all about God and his creation, okay? All about God and creation. The, the last eight verses are all about God through the word of God, okay? That's how it's broke up, okay? So it comes in two chunks, all right? The first chunk that we talked about, one through six, that's the general revelation of who God is. God's self-disclosure through creation. Romans one says that from the beginning of time through creation, God has made himself known. So why? So man would be out without excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever that you don't know about God because of creation. He makes it very clear in creation, okay? Second is special revelation. God manifested greatness to people through the inspired word, the Bible, to whom? You and me. He, he made this book right here. This is the inspired, breathing word of God. Why? So that we would get into this book. This book has life. There is no life without this book, okay? There is not. There's existing without the book. Jesus is life. Jesus is the word. When you get into the word and it gets on you, I'm telling you, you're rich. You, you absolutely fall in love with the word, okay? Listen, what, whatever is in our life that we feed grows. That's the truth. Stomach, doesn't matter. Muscles, doesn't matter, okay? Uh, saving money, spending money. I mean, whatever you invest, whatever you give to, it'll grow. If you're in the word, God will grow. I'm just saying to you. It, God is the exact size of the time you put in. If you're God... If, if God is big, it's because you've made him big in your life. If God is tiny, it's because you have made him tiny in your life. You, you don't know him. And listen to me, we can know him. Number one, through creation. Number two, through his inspired word, all right? It's all up to us, okay? So we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna go kind of verse by verse, okay? I wanna unpack it with you. If you've got your own Bible, like a real, like, like a paper, paper Bible, get a pen, get a highlighter. I'll make some notes. I'll give you some notes and things to write in the margin. God will probably give you some stuff through the Holy Spirit for you to get as well, all right? So let's jump into it. Verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of your hands. I want you to listen to this. Listen to the word picture, what he's trying to say, okay? Listen to it. He says the heavens, that refers to the sun, the stars, the planets. They declare the glory of the Lord, the glory of God. 
the sky, referring to the lower atmosphere, clouds, weather, wind, all that stuff, okay? It declares the glory of the Lord. Listen to me. There's not a man, woman breathing that doesn't know about God through creation. There's not one. There's not one. Everywhere you look, they know about him through creation. I mean, I don't know if you're like me. I'm happier outside than inside. Now, that makes it tough in the summer because, whoo, Tuesday, Wednesday, buck 05, buck 05. Mm, this week, not much better. But, but at least I'm not in Dallas, amen? So, so what I'm saying to you is go out in the creation. Go out in the creation. And here, let, let, can I say this to you? I live in the Greenways. We live in the Greenways. We have this beautiful walking track and everything. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm really, whew, I have a hard time with adults who are out in creation and they, they're looking at their phone. I, I just wanna go, oh my gosh. Holy Spirit, hold me back, hold me back. I wanna go tackle them. Listen, give me your phone. I love you. You don't know me. I'm not a weird guy. Just give me your phone. For, just give it to me, 30 minutes. I'm gonna sit on my porch right here. I'll, don't take your iPhone. I'm not running off of your phone. I don't want your phone. You don't want my phone? I don't want your phone. Let me hold your phone and now go walk that same path without your phone. Just go walk without your phone, man. Just go walk without your phone. Listen, when I was a kid, I didn't take a phone to go play with my, ki- my, my, my friends. In today's world, the kids don't even, I'm like, hey, do you see that tree? What tree? That's been there for a long time. That's that tree, right? That tree over there. They don't even know. Go without it because the creation is beautiful, man. Go out. I love to go out. When you go out, though, don't take stuff with you to take your eyes off the creation and the beauty of who God is. I had the luxury as a, as a young kid um, getting the, this wasn't fun, but I'd get up at three o'clock in the morning in the summer when I was at my grandparents' house, get up at 3 a.m. My Mimi would have bacon and eggs and toast and all kind of good stuff for breakfast. And then my granddad and I would leave because my brother and cousins, they were lazy, they wanted to get up. But we would leave at 4 a.m. and go deep sea fishing. And when I say deep sea fishing, I mean like you can't see the land. And I used to ask my granddad, granddad, why, why do we have to leave at four? Six, seven, still early. Fish don't know, right? And he says, you'll see here in a little bit while we, while we get up at four. And so we get up, get out, get out there in the middle of the ocean, and all of a sudden, man, you ever seen the sun come up over an ocean? Mmm, woo, that's a horizon, boy. When it breaks the horizon, it lights up everything across that water, everything. Man, the experience, Brett and I, we were on a cruise. The family was on a cruise. We were out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. You ever been on a cruise out in the middle of the Gulf? That's pretty cool. So it's the middle of the night. We've already had dinner. Big old thunderstorm comes rolling, and the, and the captain of the ship kind of steers a little bit away from the storm. And Brett and I look at each other and like, let's go to the top. So we went to the top, right? We're hanging out over the thing watching. It is black as it can be, man, black. Ain't nothing out in the middle of that ocean but him, but, but, but that ship. And this big thunderstorm, man, and yet lightning would come out of that sky. I mean, big old bolt of lightning. It would hit the water, and it would go. <laughs> I'm not doing that again, I promise. I don't know how to do that. That's what it sounded like. You could hear it, man. You, you ever heard lightning hit the water? It's the coolest thing, man. I mean, there's nothing out there. It's quiet as it can be. Lightning would hit that water, and it just all over the place. And Brett and I would like, that is stinking cool. Now, it's not cool if you're under the lightning, but it's really cool if you're on a ship watching it. You have to simply go, wow, 
when you see stuff like that. And then as that storm passed to the southeast, um, as it, I mean, ran northeast, out come stars. And then all of a sudden we see the moon. And right in the middle, probably at the Caribbean, way out there, nothing around us, you had stars, moon, a thunderstorm, and lightning hitting the water. I'm gonna tell you, all you could do is worship out in the middle of an ocean because God makes himself very vivid in all creation. Can I ask you to do me a favor? Don't be so busy you can't see. Oh my gosh. Please don't be so busy that you miss God in all creation. He is screaming all around you to see. He wants to see. He wants you to see him. And he has much he wants to say to you through it. All right, let's roll on. Look at three to five, verses three through five. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, the words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is the bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. The sun God pitched a tent for the sun. I'm gonna tell you something. You watch this. If you read this scripture right here, you'll never see another sunrise the same again. If you think about the fact that the God of all creation pitched a tent and on his command and his command alone does the sun come. And it runs its race until he says, you may go down. You think about that. You'll never see another sunrise the same. My granddad was always avid about sunrises. I am too now, all right? He said, I said, granddad, why you always love sunrises so much? He said, gosh, I don't know which one's gonna be my last. <laughs> we don't. He wants to speak, man. He created a cool world, man. And it's all on his command. The waves stop where he says stop. The sun comes when he says come. The moon comes when. The seasons change on his command. We're not too far from the aspens turning colors in the mountains and then the maples up in the Midwest in the Northeast. And y'all gonna be chasing them dudes, I know, right? I love that stuff. He's about to take a paintbrush and paint like nobody else's business. I'm asking you not to get so busy you can't see him through all creation. Hebrews 12, one through three, talking about the sun has a course to run. You and I have a course to run too. We are surrounded by such a great, cloud of, a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run the race marked out for each of us. See the sun running its race when the God says run it. You were birthed, he breathed into you and gave you life, okay? And he said what? Run the race I marked out for you, man. Go run that race. How you running today? You running good? You running strong? You know your race, you know the mark, you know what he's got out for you. Run the race that God has marked out for you. Let's row. Gotta go to six. Look at verse six. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Here's one thing that everybody knows, saved or lost, they know the heat from the sun. The sun is, I mean, absolutely will fry you no matter where, okay? I mean, everybody understands the sun's heat. In January, it's your best friend. In July, ugh, don't want nothing of it. 
right? That's just the way it is. It's too hot in the summer, we go to the shade. In the winter, you're just asking for the sun to come up and melt the ice away, right? But the sun will always do what God commanded it to do. It's always prevalent. It no matter what the name, place, wherever you're located all over the world, everyone knows the sun. And the sun is about heat. And what God does in his word is, he says one thing about the heat is it goes everywhere and it's always working and it's always moving. Well, he left the Holy Spirit of God and it's always working and it's always moving and it's always impacting. One thing he left us just like the sun was the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can burn into our souls and change everything about our lives. When you know the Holy Spirit, woo, you know God. And what helps us understand who God is, is the Holy Spirit. If you wanna know God better, then let the Holy Spirit teach you who God is. Holy Spirit will illuminate and give you fresh revelation through the word of God of who God is. And when you understand who God is and his intrinsic value of who he is, the intrinsic characters of who God is, then you get a chance to ascribe back to him the glory due his name. And I'm telling you right now, there's no Velcro they make that hold your hands to your side. You're gonna give it up for Jesus, amen? You know, Velcro sticks, you know, you just, okay, y'all got that? Okay, you gotta give it up, all right? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is the greatest thing that you can be introduced to. When you know the Holy Spirit, it illuminates everything in your life and you take off, all right? Now, I know some people with the Holy Spirit are real weird. I get that. I've met them too, okay? But can I give you some really wise counsel here? Those weird people with the Holy Spirit, they were weird before the Holy Spirit, okay? Promise you. So don't worry about them. Just put them over in the weird category, but don't manipulate the Holy Spirit by the weird people, okay? The Holy Spirit is God. God's not weird, period. Can anybody understand that? Is that simple enough? The Holy Spirit is God, and God is not weird. So anybody that wants to be weird with the Holy Spirit, you're like, mm, that's not God, and you just let them over there. They need to be weird, let them be weird. We have a city for that, you can introduce them to them, all right? But listen to me, don't throw out the Holy Spirit working in your life and illuminating the word of God and, 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 and letting you see who God's intrinsic values are by weird people you see with the Holy Spirit. The sun can burn you or warm you, all right, or melt away ice or scorch your bald head or your feet and it hurts. But the Holy Spirit is just like the, the sun is just like the Holy Spirit. It's always prevalent. It's always working. It's always doing its work, okay? It's always doing its work. The question is, are we allowing it to do it on us? Let the Holy Spirit do its work in you, all right? Let's jump to the word, verses seven. God's glory through his word. Look at verse, look at verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, revealing, I mean, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The law of the Lord is perfect. It is whole, complete, sufficient, comprehensive. Hebrews 4, 12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates bone and marrow. It, it, listen, somebody said one time, the word of God is like a, like, a, like, a, like a ball of chain. It just wrecks things. Yes, it does. But listen to me. The word of God wrecks in a good way. 
Sometimes, I'm just telling you, there's sometimes in my life and in our lives that the word of God just needs to come in and wreck stuff. It just does. Because we build these little straw houses and this big old wolf's gonna blow them down. And we need the word of God to reveal what our foundation really is because it looks really good, but it's made of paper. It's not on a rock. It's not founded on the word of God. His name's not Jesus that the house is built on. So it'll test the foundation. It'll test the studs. It'll test everything. The word of God can wreck your life. But when the God, word of God wrecks your life, it puts you back to better, better than it's ever been before. People say, well, man, the word of God is tough. No, the word of God is not tough, okay? It's tough, but it's not tough, okay? It's strong and powerful, but it's not rude. It doesn't beat you up. It enlightens you and illuminates stuff, and it corrects you because you need corrected, all right? None of us are without correction, okay? The word of God is living and acting. This is a breathing, living word of God. God spoke the word, okay? We need the word, okay? The word is revealing to us. One of the things it says, it, it, it's reviving the soul. If you remember several weeks ago, maybe a month now, I put three diagrams up or three pictures up. They were circles. One of them is spirit, one of them soul, one of them body, amen? What is the soul made of? Mind, will, and emotions, okay? Can your mind and your will and your emotions get out of whack? Yes. When they get out of balance, when they get messed up, they can lead us to getting more messed up. And sometimes the word of God has to come in and get into the soul and revive that soul. The spirit wants to lead and needs to lead, not our soul. You don't want your mind and your will and your emotions leading your life. So if you get in the word of God and the word of God blows up your soul or it reveals your soul or it works to revive your soul, that's a good thing. Why? Because it puts it in the right order and lets the spirit lead you because otherwise your soul is gonna lead you, okay? And our soul is not made to lead us, okay? Our soul is part of what God made us how God made us, but it's not, it's, not, it's not ordained to lead you. The Spirit must lead you. So let it do its work. Verse eight, look at it real fast. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to my heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to my eyes, all right? The precepts of the Lord are right. They lay out a plan. They steer or direct. The word of God says, I know the plans I have for you. Who? declares whom? The Lord. Not the word of God. Not I know the plans I have for you declares what? Fortune cookies. What? I know the plans I have for you declares horoscopes. What? Not I know the plans I have for you declares Facebook. What? No. Bill, no. The, the Lord signed it. He said, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord declares the Lord. And see, when he says that, that right there is your rock and your anchor. And so if I'm gonna know the plans that, I, that God has for me, I must get myself into the word of God so that he can make it clear and easy and vivid and bright for me to follow. That's it. That's, a, that's the only way you're gonna do it. If, if, listen to me, if he says he knows the plans, the greatest thing you can do is get to know him so that you 
by knowing him can know the plans that he says I have for you. If we know all this, why do we, why not do that? Just put yourself, align yourself with what God said, all right? And you will know what God has for your life. You say, well, I, I, where are you going to go to? I'm going to go to tech. Why are you going to tech? All my friends are going to tech. That's a great reason to go to tech because all your friends are going to tech. But what if God wanted you to go someplace else? What if everything doesn't work out at tech? You're going to blame God, get mad at him, hold out worship? Why don't you find out what God wants you to go and follow the path that God has for you? Because God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, okay? Not anywhere else. Look on else what it says. The commands of the Lord are radiant. They're clear, vivid, brightly shining, revealing truth, giving light to the eyes. Psalm 119, 105 says, the, the word of God is a lamp unto my what? Feet and a light unto my path. If you wanna know where you're going, first find out where you're at. So let the word of God illuminate your feet so that you will know the path that he has for you. I was a mess in college my sophomore year. I was a mess. Now, I was playing good baseball, but I was a mess because all my buddies said, I think God's calling you to ministry. And I'm like, <laughs> you funny, right? And so this went on for six, eight months. I'm miserable inside. Why am I miserable inside? Because I don't know what God has for me. Right? I, don't, I wanna know what God, I know God said, I know the plans that, that I declare for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans that God has a plan for my life, but I don't know what it is. But everybody else seems to have a better view of this than I do. And you know, the problem with me was at that moment in my life, my word time wasn't good. It was not. My focus was books and baseball, okay? And I had them down really well. And so one night in a dorm room, I'm sitting on my bed and my roommate's over here. I did not want to look at my roommate. You ever have those moments where you're like, I don't want to see my roommate. I don't even want to hear his voice. I don't want to even think about it. I don't want to see him. We were at that point and I didn't want to look at him, all right? So I said, God, my Bible's right there. I'm going to grab it and open it. I just, I just pray you just give me a word. That's all I said. Sometimes that's dangerous prayer. So I opened my Bible. Never in the history of my life have I ever, ever, ever all my days at First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas, even opened my Bible in Jeremiah. And I opened my Bible, Jeremiah 1, and it simply said, do not say to me that you cannot speak, and do not say that you cannot read. I will put my words in you, and you will speak them to whoever I put you in front of, and you will not fear, for I am with you. Okay, I went to the second grade twice, I was thinking, man, you've got to go third grade third time. It's going to take a long time, lad. And so I was a mess, stuttered, couldn't speak, all this stuff. Some of you already know my story. I was holding out on God and telling God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I hear my friends saying this, but I can't do this because I can't speak. I stutter. I don't want to stand in front of people. La, 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 la. I open up my Bible, and out of that Bible comes Jeremiah 1. Never in my life has seen that before. That was life, breathing, living word that jumped off that page, grabbed me, man. It grabbed me. And I've never, ever been the same since. What I'm saying to you is this. Some of us in here and online are missing the greatest blessing we ever have for our lives. We are not in the word enough to consistently hear God speak to us right where we're at. 
If you're ever gonna get to know who God is or get to know who you are, you gotta get to know who he is, right? And here's the biggest hangup a lot of people have. They don't know God well enough to really trust God. That's just the truth. So everybody says, hey, just trust the Lord. Oh, man, you're good. Just trust God. Just trust God. Seriously, man, I know in my own personal life, you can trust God. That all sounds good. It really is good. But if you're on the other end of that and you really don't trust God, that's hard. That's very hard. You want to know God? Right here, you do it. You'll get to know his heart. You get to know his character. You get to know who he is. You know what? As this grows, he grows. And you can trust him. And even when he doesn't make sense, you trust him. Why? Because you know him. Because you know him. Some people say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know where I don't know comes from? It comes from the soul. Because the mind, will, and emotions don't know. Because the mind, will, and emotions are not supposed to know. Spirit knows. He says, I give you the spirit, and, I, and I'll show you things yet to come. That's what the Bible says in John. So if the spirit's gonna show me things yet to come, then I need to get in tune with the spirit, right? Because right now I don't know. That's because my soul is trying to answer that question. My mind, will, and emotions don't know. But you know what? Designed by God, not supposed to know. Why? Because they're not leading. They're not the lead train. The spirit is, right? I don't want my mind, will, and emotions leading me. I want my spirit leading me. And the spirit says, I already know, because God knows. So if you ever say, I don't know, there may be a season you don't know, but the quicker you get into the word and surrender that to God, he'll show it to you because he's all about clarity. God's not about cloudy, okay? Look at verse nine. I got a rope. The fear of the Lord is pure, unending forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. What he's trying to say is, you can trust my word. You can trust my word. You can trust the word of God. You can absolutely 110% build your life on the word of God, its precepts, its promises, the word of God. You can do that. And if you've never really ever, ever in your life really spent much time in the Word, and that's okay. Just say, man, I I really don't have a plan. I've never really spent much time in the Word. How do you begin? Do you start in Psalm? Do you go to Proverbs? Do you start in Revelation? No, don't start in Revelation. Okay, But, but what I'm saying to you is, if you want a book of the Bible, if you are starting today, man or woman, boy or girl, wanted to read the Word of God, wanted to be consistent in the Word of God, what book of the Bible do I start in? John go to the book of John. Because right off the bat, you're going to see that the word of God became flesh. It's Jesus. Jesus is the word. And if you're going to get to know him, okay, in all of his intrinsic glory, you want to get to know God, get to know the word. The word will tell you who God is, and the word and God will tell you who you are. If you're struggling with who you are, it's because you don't know who he is. Once you know who he is and the word is, then you will know who you are. I promise you. Okay, so start in the book of John. You'll love it, and it'll speak more than you'll ever know. Look at verses 10 and 11. Then he goes on to talk about, the, about how precious it is to him. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, sweet of the honey that comes from the comb. All right, that's how sweet the word becomes. Listen to me. The word of God is better than gold is what he says. And it's sweeter than honey, all right? Because the word of God is beautiful. So look at 12, I mean, uh, 12 and 13. Who can discern its errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servants from a willful sin. 
May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. What he's saying is, don't try to find fault in God. You're gonna find fault in God. Trust God, okay? Trust God. I used to tell students all the time, listen to me. Always see the face of Jesus before you see the face of your students and your teachers. Just get up and get in the word. If you can just get in the word just a little bit before your day starts, I'm telling you, your day will be so much better. So much better. And I know some of you are like, easy for you to say you're a morning person. All right? I can't even find my coffee. I, I don't even know where my creamer is, okay? I put my creamer in my coffee place and the coffee in the refrigerator. Well, I know you're a little confused, but you'll be okay, all right? But you've got to get up and get ahead of your day and get in the Word. Because if you will know God and you will see His face and you will get in His Word and He will clarify things for you, I'm telling you, your day will be much better, okay? You got to get it in the Word. Look how He ends with the prayer. Beautiful prayer at the end. Verse 14, may the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you about that. Listen to that prayer. May the words of my mouth, mm, in the meditation of my heart, be pleasing to you. See, Scripture tells us that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. Right? So maybe what's coming out of our mouth is not really our mouth, but it's really our heart. And what really needs our attention is our heart so that it would be pleasing to God. And if our heart's pleasing to God, then probably what comes out of our mouth will please God, all right? He goes on to say, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. I want you to picture something. What if this week, this is my homework to you, okay? Let Psalm 19 be yours for the week. Just let it be yours for the week. Just each morning, get up and read Psalm 19 and say, God, I want you to speak to me. That's a dangerous prayer, right? God, speak to me. Just show me your word. I wanna know more about you. I wanna know who you are. And just start reading Psalm 19, all right? And then end Psalm 19 just like it's ended with this prayer. Just pray that prayer. Just pray that prayer. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be what? Pleasing to you. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, all right? I'm gonna ask you to stand, church. As the worship team comes up, I ended the first service the same way. One of the things that uh, is extremely powerful is when we read or pray the Word of God. You ever prayed the Word of God? Just pray the Word of God. Powerful, man. So this is a prayer that the psalmist prays, okay? All right, and we're gonna close the service by praying this. So I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes all throughout the worship center. If you're joining us online, same way. This is a good prayer, man. This is a good prayer to, drive, to pray before you get in the car and drive. Sounds you'll feel better if you pray this prayer, just saying to you, okay? Pray this prayer. I'm gonna read it over you as you pray it over yourself. May the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. One more time. May the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
Father, you heard your word. We prayed your word. God, I pray that what we have spoken with our lips came from our heart, that we really want our words to please you, that we really want our heart to be pleasing to you. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. So Father, I pray this power over the church, whether you're online or in the house, God, that we would be a church. We would be men and women, boys and girls of the word. God, you have declared your glory, made your glory very evident to everyone through creation and through your word. And Father, I pray that the word of God, the powerful, inspired, living word of God becomes life to our church, to each person listening to my voice, God, that they would begin to get into the word of God and let it change them. And God, I pray that you would grow, our God would grow. As our word grows, that you would grow. And that when we better understand you, we better understand who we are. And so God, I pray that we would never let man interpret God for us, that we would always let the word of God speak about who God is. So God, right now, during this ministry time, God, I pray, God, that you would speak and you would move us. And God, if we need to come for prayer, that we would come and let people pray over us. If we need to come to the altar, we would come and just lay down before you at the altar and just lay stuff down. But God, I pray that we would be a church whose words are pleasing to you and whose hearts please you as well. In Christ's name I pray, amen, amen. Let's worship church. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.